Welcome back to the Data Blitz podcast, everybody. I'm Noel. I'm Brandon. It's great to have everybody back for a recap of the Super Wildcard Weekend games. A um, bunch of games to go through. Not, you know, ton of close games, but a bunch of good, you know, fun games. The weather wasn't as weird as we wanted it to be. Um, but probably best for you know the people of Detroit and Pittsburgh to not have to drive through all that. Um. So let's begin recapping these games with the Dynasty Lens. Yeah, so uh, first game we had this weekend was uh, Cleveland and Houston. Um, obviously, Houston got the best of them, winning 45-14. to 14. Um, What did you see in this game? Well, there was a lot of C.J. Stroud uh, all over the place, and people are going nuts about C.J. Stroud. Um, kind of been on that for a while now here, if you're new, I basically pick the Texans every single week. And then my explanation is, well, CJ Stroud in the betting episodes. Um, but one thing that I didn't really see coming is two pick sixes, I believe um, from Joe Flacco. And that kind of turned the tide of the game. Um, you know, there was real no, really no coming back after that. And the game was pretty close before. So I think it was closer than it appeared to be. Yeah. I mean, Maybe you didn't see the picks coming, but it makes sense. Joe Flacco throws a ton of picks. Yeah, it does. Um, I still felt like he had a pretty good game, all things considered, but definitely killed the chances of the Browns winning. Yeah, I mean, I think he got some garbage time yards, but two interceptions pretty much just killed their chance because they were down so much. Um, they were down what twenty four to seven or something like that at the half. No, nah, right before the half. I think the Browns got another touchdown right before the half. I think it was like twenty four sixteen. Well, the game ended forty five to fourteen. Oh yeah, couldn't. Long <laughs> well, yeah, twenty four. Twenty four fourteen sounds right. Uh, maybe. 14 I don't know I'm trying to find it so I'm not yeah it says 24 14 I'm looking at it okay 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 <laughs> I, I hear you um you feel like anybody besides Joe Flacco had a, a solid game I know David Njoku maybe yep we've been high on him and he delivered once again for us for DFS yeah he did um where would you have him next year as you know your dynasty tight ends so we kind of talked about this i don't know five five weeks ago something like that um we talked about how injoku has these stretches at the end of the season and obviously that was extended by the playoffs this year um so my only hesitation is that sure he could just regress again back to like a top 20 tight end for the first eight weeks and then be a top five tight end for the next eight weeks i don't really know so it's hard to say because you feel like you need to see a full season of it and it kind of feels like it was a full season in eight weeks yeah if we got a full season of this he'd be like the tight end one in all formats though um i'm comfortable knowing that he's putting up you know solid points in the second half of the season every time but i think one thing that we have to consider is the uncertainty of the quarterback play um, and finally, once they got some certainty established, 
uh, you know, he was able to pop off with Joe Flacco. It felt like last year he had a good stretch, and maybe that kind of started off, um, you know, with him being good this year too. But right when he got that quarterback certainty, it, it, it felt like it kind of cleared itself out. Yeah, I think I'm all in on him, though. Um, I think he's going to have that Evan Ingram effect that we saw this year. Yeah, I think that's a good perspective and a pretty good outcome for him would be having an Evan Ingram type ceiling or, uh, you know, game season ceiling game. Um, (laughs) David Njoku is currently tight end seven on keep trade cut uh, just in front of Jake Ferguson and behind Kyle Pitts. Um, Some notable names over him are Dalton Kincaid, TJ Hawkinson, uh, Mark Andrews, Trey McBride. I think then, you know, you look behind him and I still see a few guys that I might like over David Njoku, uh, you know, like Evan Ingram, who had a pretty good year this year, uh, despite, you know, the questionable quarterback play and just kind of the questionable status of the Jags offense at all times. Um, another guy, you know, Travis Kelsey, don't think he's totally done yet, but would you rather have five years of Njoku or one or two of Kelsey? Probably Njoku. Uh, George Kittle is behind him here. I do feel like there's some guys back here that I'd rather have. Yeah, I mean, if you needed a starting tight end immediately, yeah, I'd rather have those older guys. Um, But yeah, I'd rather have, in terms of dynasty value, for sure, I'd rather have Njoku. Well, is Njoku, how old is he? He's going to be 28 next year. Gonna be 28. How old is Evan Ingram? Evan Ingram's gonna be 30, I think. Gonna be 30 next year. Okay. Yeah, so I thought they were in the same draft class for some reason. Um, Then maybe they were, but... I think they were. Yeah, it feels like Njoku's a little bit more safe and, and younger. Yeah. It's just... It's hard to say because Evan Ingram does have a better quarterback with Trevor Lawrence than Njoku does with Deshaun Watson, in my opinion. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, unless Deshaun Watson just comes out of nowhere next year, got to watch my language. Um, <laughs> as long as he doesn't just, I, I don't, I don't have a word to say now because of that. Uh, but basically if Deshaun Watson plays well, sure. Njoku could put up these types of numbers again, but I just don't see that happening. Um, with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, be interesting. I feel like he has the upside, Deshaun Watson does, to make David Njoku that superstar that we've seen and continue to be. Um, but, you know, that's a, there's a question mark around that compared to when we're talking about, um, like, Evan Ingram. There's a known there. We know that he's put up that stuff and he has that quarterback going forward. Um, yeah, exactly. Did you see uh, Evan Ingram was, I think, number four in receptions this year? That's crazy. He had such a good year, um, just under the radar too. He had to see him continue that. He was next number year. number four in receptions, and he didn't even break a thousand yards. Yeah, I mean PPR formats. That's still huge. That's huge. That's crazy. Um. I want to jump over onto the other side of the ball. We haven't really talked about these guys yet. 
Brevin Jordan had an amazing catch. Kind of feels like he did only really juke one guy, but showed off some speed there. <laughs> and then we were able to see Nico Collins as well have a really good game with 96 yards and a touchdown. Um, yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, heard lightning strikes the same place twice now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm all in on this this Texans team because they look unreal this past week. It seems like they're just playing their best football now, um, which yep. is scary. So, you know, if Mechie starts getting involved, like he could take some of the slack. Um, who really knows, man? I mean, CJ Stroud just keeps getting it done. Yeah, absolutely. And I think everybody tied to him has high value going forward. My one concern, though, is Nico Collins wasn't the most reliable before the Tank Dell injury. It felt like Tank Dell was kind of the alpha-ish there uh, or would, you know, have those bigger blow-up games. Now Nico is ranked as the wide receiver 11 with Tank Dell at the wide receiver 17. Um think there's any opportunity to maybe buy tank dell sell nico collins or are you sticking with them in that order i mean if you were to go get tank dell and sell nico collins i would have no problem with that because i think realistically the points will probably be about the same i think eye test tells me that nico collins is the better receiver i think i like tank dell but He's so small. I don't know. Felt like he has that dog in him a little bit more than Nico. But I think they're both good values going forward. I know there were some concerns about bringing in a new quarterback or a new wide receiver this offseason. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they do need to bring in a wide receiver, though. You think they're going to bring in... I I mean, like an alpha. I don't think they're going to bring in anybody that's an alpha. No, I think that... um... Yeah, I don't think they're going to spend a ton of money on a wide receiver just because they have such a low-cost offense right now. So I think what they could do is just go grab in free agency offensive line, anything for defense, and probably save their money. And who's someone who would be like a mid-tier free agent? I really don't have any idea. Um but they could draft someone. There's plenty of wide receivers in this draft. There are. I mean, maybe Gabe Davis could come in, be solid. I think that would work. But, yeah, there's not much else. I could see that working, though. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, he could fill that hole. Oh, I th- Tyler Boyd is another one. Yeah, I think that would be a good fit, kind of how they thought Robert Woods would be for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise... As long as they don't bring in Chase Claypool. Yeah. That guy is a losing magnet. <laughs> um, otherwise, not related to, uh, you know, Dynasty, the way we talk about it with offense, but how about this uh, linebacker from... The Browns, their middle linebacker, Owusu, Owuso, how do you say that? Owusu Koromoa. I'm, I'm going to let you run with that. Sounds Dude, good to me. He's an animal. <laughs> he's an animal. Yeah. I mean, he had 
He had nine tackles, but he had four tackles for loss. You just stuffing yeah, the run. That was an insane game. You just stuffing them. That dude was uh, that dude looked unreal, and I've been hearing more about him the last few weeks. So I think the Browns' defense could have like a Fred Warner type player. That would be incredible for them, and just terrifying for everybody else. Exactly, because their defense was really good this year, and he was obviously a big part of it. I'm shocked that the Texans defense was able to get those two picks. I think they had like one pick all year or something like that. No Something way. weird. They had some... No, I don't think that's right. Maybe like one pick six. <laughs> I feel like that's average. No. Well, anyways. Um, yeah, there was some stat there that I completely forget now. Yeah. The only thing I have left to say about this game is just that Houston's really good, and it's going to be a really fun game to watch this upcoming weekend because I'm not putting it past C.J. Stroud to beat the crap out of the Ravens. Nor am I. I think the Ravens are pretty well suited, though, to play against them, but you'd think I'm looking at a shootout. Yeah, I think that there's no way in fucking hell that Houston does not put up 30 points. Mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud's not going to go down without a fight. No, he's going to throw the ball like crazy and somehow not throw an interception. Yeah. Do I jump into the next game? Yeah. Um, So this was the first cold game of the year. Um, Miami versus Kansas City. Kansas City won 26-7. They kind of just dominated them in all three phases of the game. Uh, they mm-hmm. just really could not get anything going on offense. We kind of talked about can Tua throw a spiral um, in the cold, <laughs> and the the answer is no. So that's all about all I really have to say about like the summary of this game because um, Tua didn't do enough to help them win, and their run game just did not get going the way we're used to. Yeah, that was tough. I thought, you know, I at least made the point that if the running game gets going, uh, they probably have the advantage over the Chiefs in the cold. Um, we saw Raheem Mostert go eight attempts for 33 yards, and Devon Achan had six for nine yards. Um, so the running game did not get going at all. Um, yeah, Tyreek Hill was limited-ish to 62 yards a touchdown. Nobody really else on the offense showed up. Um, so that was tough. I think there's some talk about you know, whether or not the Dolphins should move off of Tua. I think that's a massive overreaction. Uh, this is one of his first years as a starter that he hasn't been, you know, injured for the majority of it. And I think, you know, giving Tua some time to get more established in this offense uh, could be helpful. I know that Tyreek's Tyreek Hill's contract is, and, you know, career clock is ticking. Um, I think you got to play with the playoff window and the championship window while you have it. Who else would they bring in? Exactly. People are like, they need to bring in a new quarterback. And I'm like, who? Yeah, they don't have the pick for it. And they like simply Cousins? are not going to go. No, they're not going to spend money on Kirk Cousins. I oh. mean, you're going to get the same exact production. Yeah, I mean, you don't have the ability to bring in a top five, top ten quarterback. You're sticking with what you got here. Yeah, I, I 100% think that that's all a bunch of BS and 
Tua will be back and he'll be just fine. Um, but I could see some sort of storyline for his career going similar to Dak where you can't get it done in the playoffs. Yeah, but from a dynasty fantasy football perspective. Oh, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> no. Points for days. Um, Other side of the ball. Patrick Mahomes, you know, struggled a little bit as well, only completing 23 passes on 41 attempts. Uh, he did average 11.4 yards per attempt, though, with 262 yards and a touchdown. Feels like this game kind of ran through Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, and Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, they definitely put the ball in the hands of the guys that mattered. They made sure to... <laughs> to bench Kadarius Tony before this game even <laughs> yeah. started. That was awesome. They were like, we're not letting him fuck this one up. Um, but yeah, basically the stars of the Chiefs won this game. That's where their money is. That's who you'd expect to get it done. And it mm-hmm. seems like they have their money in the right places because all these guys were awesome. Um, Pacheco is just a beast. And Rasheed Rice... Uh, yeah, we need to revisit that conversation because I think he's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Rasheed Rice or Jordan Addison? I think I I would rather have Rasheed Rice. All right, I think we talked about this two weeks ago and you said Jordan Addison, so it seems like you've come a long way. Yeah. That guy has looked so much better in the last few weeks. Like, he was good all year. But now he like looks really good. Yeah, he's had really good past, you know, four or five games. Yeah, twelve targets. We'll take that. Easy. Um you know, hundred and twenty seven yeah. yards in week seventeen, fifty seven in week sixteen, ninety one in week fifteen, seventy two in week fourteen, sixty four in week thirteen. Yeah, uh, one hundred seven and week twelve. Just ever since you know, ever since he played the Eagles, uh, more to come on that later. He's been going nuts. Yeah, I think uh, this game just ran through a few different plays. Um, Mahomes had two huge rushes, so those were mm-hmm. huge first downs. One of them was a touch. Wait, no, that was last week. No touchdown. Yeah, he threw for a touchdown, but um, those runs were huge to keep a couple drives going. Otherwise, this game could have just been very low scoring, but I think either way, Kansas City still would have pulled it out. Can't score seven points and expect to win. Uh, I'm not worried about Tua's dynasty value at all. He's not going anywhere. He still has Mike McDaniels. He still has these weapons. He'll be completely fine. Um, But I think Mahomes, after such like a mediocre season for him, I think this game was kind of huge to get like some confidence back. So I'm less concerned about what's going on with Mahomes, especially seeing how good Rasheed Rice was. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think the offense is kind of getting sorted out now. We're kind of waiting all season to get uh, Mahomes into the playoffs to get his feet really under him and see what he has. This is a good show of it, and I'm excited for next week even more against the Bills. Yeah. That was a good point, Um, especially with them finding their feet in the playoffs. It seems like very uh, 
like Patriots style football, you know, like every single year it was like, oh, they'll win 11 games, get into the playoffs, probably have a first round bye, but like never really showed us anything special all year. And then all of a sudden just kick the shit out of everybody. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a very like Patriots type of characteristic. Um, And we've compared Mahomes to Brady before. Obviously he's not there yet, but if he can get it done again this year, like even if he just makes it to the Super Bowl, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, and Brady always had the first round by uh, thanks to Belichick's defenses. So, and Mahomes has to go on the road for the first time next week. That's going to be tough for him, but I have a lot of faith in that he can get it done. You think he can beat him? I do. Um, why not? I mean, Josh Allen has been kind of Superman, but I think he can do it. All right. Well, I guess we'll see, and we'll debate this later in the week. Um, otherwise, the defense for Kansas City was awesome. They were locking them down. You see that clip of uh, Legarius Sneed shoving Tyreek into the ground? Yeah. That was awesome. That press was insane. Now that's a football play. Mm-hmm. I need some more of that. Um, yeah, and otherwise, George Karloftis, one and a half sacks. Chris Jones, half sack. There wasn't really a whole lot else going on in this game because there wasn't a ton of offense, but I think just from like uh, where these teams are headed, um, I think they're both going to be just fine. And if anything, this might help the Dolphins even more by giving them a better draft pick. Yeah, I think so. Do you want to jump over into the game of the week? Yeah, yeah. Talk about your boys. Uh, Packers, Cowboys, Jordan Love, 272 yards on 21 attempts, uh, three touchdowns. You know, that was insane. Aaron Jones had three rushing touchdowns, um, averaging 5.6 yards per carry. Shouldn't really shock anybody because he is the Cowboys killer, but does it again. Um, weird week this week for the Packers receivers. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, Luke Musgrave, and Dontavian Wick show up, each of them putting up a touchdown with Romeo Dobbs putting up 150 yards on six receptions. Um, really awesome game from the Packers just all around. It felt like once we got out, like I think we got out 14 0. Um, 21-0. Uh, once we got out 21-0, it was, you know, pretty much over. We got it up to 27 nothing, and then they scored going into the half. Um, but it, we just kind of ran away with it in the second half. They did end up getting it to 48-32 uh, by the end of the game, but, you know, there was no real chance of them coming back. Got to play two what? halves of football. Yeah, but not... Not really when you're up like 48 <laughs> <laughs> um, 10. Lamb had a decent game on the other side of the ball. Same did, you know, Michael Gallup and Jake Ferguson. <clears throat> Jake Ferguson, best game of his career with three touchdowns and 93 yards. Uh, we've been saying that he's was due for multiple weeks now. It seems like he cashed in all of those uh, touchdowns in one week. <laughs> but besides that, you know, Dak threw the ball 60 times and 
two interceptions, three touchdowns, but you know, the game was never really that close. Um, just kind of throwing it from behind. Definitely a good day to be a Packers fan though. Yeah, for sure. Is 41 pass completions on 60 attempts with two interceptions. Is that a lot of interceptions or is that not a lot of interceptions for 60 passes? I don't think that's a lot of interceptions. I think Joe Barry's <laughs> on the hot seat. <laughs> Jordan Love only had to throw the ball 21 times. Yeah, that was crazy. He had like the same stats as CJ Stroud this week. You see that they were off by two yards. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, so I don't know. I just, we were talking about it last week. Basically, no matter what happened this week, it would have been a successful season for the Packers. Uh, really helps that we were able to spoil, you know, play spoiler and move on to the next round against the Cowboys. Um, definitely nervous for next week against the 49ers. Feels like they're one of the hottest teams in the league, but if we're able to, you know, play them right, they are coming off of two weeks of rest. They could be a little bit rusty. Sure. Um, but I'm not, I'm not too, too concerned for the Packers, honestly. Um, I think you said that the 49ers are one of the hotter teams in the league, but I think the Packers are. Packers are. That is true. And that's all that really matters um, this time of year in any of the major professional sports. It's who's hot going into the playoffs. That's all that matters. Yeah, that is definitely real. Um, I think Texans if we lose hot. next week, Texans were hot. If we lose next week to the 49ers, it's not going to be Jordan Love's fault. It's not going to be Aaron Jones' fault. It's going to, you know, come down to the defense and the difference in defense between the two ta- uh, two teams. I think Jordan Love can outplay Brock Purdy. Um, they probably have better skill. Posi- they definitely have better skill position players. Um, but just using this young core, it's exciting to see what we can get going. Yeah, definitely. And you guys also have some pretty solid linebackers too. Um, but yeah, the wide receivers, obviously Jaden Reed didn't do anything like you said, but it doesn't matter because it kind of seems like three of these guys will be relevant every week. There's like five different options. You could take any random three and you'll hit on two of them. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy. Romeo Dobbs has been pretty solid all season, just like 50 yards and a touchdown or like a hundred yards, eight receptions, what like random stuff like that. And then this week it's like, Oh, here's like three 30 yard receptions. So that was a really good thing to see out of him. Yeah. He's kind of been, one of the forgotten about guys too. Um, feels like people have been starting to notice Dontavian Wicks. Obviously, Christian Watson's been pretty relevant um, when he's healthy, and then Jaden Reed has been, you know, kind of the standout guy. So Romeo Dobbs kind of fell through the cracks and really showed out this week. Yeah, and obviously it didn't matter. Um, Christian Watson and Jaden Reed didn't do anything, and they clearly didn't need him. So I think it's just this way this offense is. Um, probably with Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback there a couple of years ago, um, it makes sense that the offense is designed this way because they never really had any faith in the guys that were in-house. So I think they had to spread the ball around, and they've kind of continued with that method. Yeah. Um, Dobbs and Watson were okay last year, but... 
nobody else really and that we were able to pick up musgrave wicks craft uh and read this year so just tons of weapons yeah just complimentary guys that you need and i think that's what the pats have and that's what they have to go get but that's a conversation for the off season um <laughs> yeah otherwise yeah i think the game next week will be fun to watch as well um packers are good so congratulations <laughs> yeah thanks it's uh it was tough not having them be good for you know three four weeks in the middle of the season um it's hard as a packers fan You're, you expect hall of fame quarterback play so glad that we got that back are you saying jordan love is going to be a hall of famer yeah no doubt okay okay Are you actually? Why not? <laughs> All right. Hot take. Is, is Philip Rivers going to get in the Hall of Fame? It's a good question. If Philip Rivers can get in, then Jordan Love can get in. But... We should have had a podcast where we debated um, who should have gotten in. Yeah. Like Joe Flacco... Um, Ben Roethlisberger. That's that's Jordan Love's caliber right now. You know. Okay. So you think he can get you like a Super Bowl? Yeah, depending on the coaching and the defense. Um, maybe more. Okay. Maybe he's an Eli. But he's actually <laughs> better at football than Eli. That's a bold statement too. I mean. What you gonna do? What I'm gonna do is I'm Packers gonna back. hop. I'm gonna hop over to the other game that was a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> um, All right, go for it. The Lions won 24 to 23 over the Rams. This is a really fun game to watch. Um, basically, the Rams moved the ball at will, but could not get it done in the red zone, and the Lions did get it done in the red zone. That's what happened in this game. You're welcome. So, uh, Stafford 367 and two touchdowns. It seems like he only got better as the year went on. So, could be nice next year um, with Puka, Cooper Cup. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in another guy as well. Um, But they need to obviously handle some issues on the defensive side of the ball and probably their offensive line as well. So, given, given those holes filled then i definitely think that we'll be talking about matthew stafford and the rams again very early next year kind of feels like this team was supposed to go into a rebuild maybe this season but they just have matt stafford and he makes kind of the whole offense shine um and aaron obviously on the defense and aaron donald yeah it's like they have pieces left over from their super bowl run so they can't rebuild because they're too good um but they have so many holes because of that but you know it feels like puka has filled a huge i wouldn't call it a hole because they do have cooper cup and tutu atwell both those guys are decent but you know puka going 10 targets nine receptions 180 yards and a touchdown in you know the playoffs when nobody expected him to be relevant is huge um so i I'm a big fan of the Rams next year. Um, you can see them definitely doing something. 
the other side of the ball, um, Amon Ra is, you know, top four receiver in the league. Put seven receptions, 110 yards. Um, I did feel like Jameer Gibbs got a little bit, little bit limited in the running game, uh, posting only 3.1 yards per carry. But David Montgomery was able to kind of carry the rest of that load um, with 57 yards on 4.1 yards per carry. Yeah, and the Lions were efficient. Um, Jared Goff only had five incompletions in this game. So he took care of the football, got him down the field. I think they just kind of plugged away, which is what you need to do in the playoffs. So I'm very mm-hmm. excited to see what the Lions end up doing. Um, my one concern with them is outside of Amon Ra, so when you face a team like, you know, um, well, I don't know if there really is anybody left in the NFC that has maybe if they were to go play in in uh play against Green Bay, Jair Alexander is the best cornerback left. If the Lions were to play against them, are you concerned for the Lions? But obviously they gotta get through San Francisco first. I mean, of course. They already lost to the Packers, but because <laughs> they only have a Monroe. I mean, Josh Reynolds did put up five receptions, 80 yards, but, and then Sam Laporta was injured and still put up a touchdown this week. So I do think they have other weapons, um, but yeah, Amon Ra definitely is highlighted in that offense. Was Puka the best wide receiver on the field? Certainly looks like it. Um He's a big yeah. dude. Yeah, he is. He's he's great. I've heard him compared to Anquan Bolden. Is his comp now? Yeah, I think he's a little bigger than Anquan Bolden was, though, right? I think Anquan was think only so. like six foot six one. Luca's only six two. I thought he was taller than that. Allegedly six two. I don't know. All right. Well, but Puka made some unreal catches in this game. He, like, almost single-handedly won this game, but Stafford threw some absolute darts in this game. Mm -hmm. Stafford's awesome, man. You're just throwing guys open. Stafford took two sacks, both of them by Hutch. Which is pretty impressive by Hutchinson. Yeah, that guy's good. Yeah, definitely a cornerstone piece for the Lions. 100%. What do you think about uh, Jameson Williams? Uh, did he do like anything? No. Two receptions for 19 yards. Maybe a full offseason will get him more involved, but I'm not buying. Yeah, I'm very concerned as someone who has him in two different leagues. Oh, I don't have him anywhere. That's... I wanted him earlier in the season. I thought, you know, maybe he'll be relevant somehow, but he hasn't been. Um, I don't know if I'd be willing to move off of him, though. I think he's kind of a hold. Yeah, I think I sunk too much into him. What type of return would you be looking for to sell him right now? I would take um, a late first round, early second round. I don't know if I would pay an early second, but I'd probably exactly. pay a mid-second. Yeah, exactly. But 
for how much I put into them, it's just like, fuck it. If it doesn't work out, fine. But otherwise, I I just got to got to take the leap of faith here. Yeah, I think it's he's worth it to hold. There's still a chance that he ends up being something. Um, yeah, and God forbid. Over. Yeah, God forbid an injury to Amon Ra. I mean, you would expect for them to try to feature him. Yeah, I think that he'd have to be featured, but it'd probably be Josh Reynolds at the end of the day. Which is crazy. Yeah, maybe that sums up his value right there. Yeah, concerning, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yes, we will. All right, let's move on to the next game. All right, on to the snow game. Um, We had Buffalo beat Pittsburgh 31-17. Buffalo just dominated this game in similar fashion um, as the Chiefs just dominated all three levels. Um, They had a couple miscues with a blocked field goal and their punter getting hurt. Um, But I'm not concerned. It was, you know, it was windy, tough conditions on the hands. I don't know. You can make all these excuses. It doesn't really matter. They still won big. Um, There were some garbage points that made this look like a two score game, but in all reality, they, they blew them out. Um, Yeah. So, I think the Bengals are, or sorry, the Bills are definitely a very dangerous team going forward. Um, Josh Allen might be the best overall player in the league, just like statistically and ability-wise. Josh Allen is like if Taysom Hill could throw the ball really well. That's a good point. (laughs) They should start sending him out at tight end and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think Josh Allen had a great game. The Bills overall had, you know, pretty good games across the board. Dalton Cade, three receptions, 59 yards and a touchdown. Um, good to see him back. And then Dawson Knox also had a touchdown. Stefan Diggs still kind of limited, uh, seven receptions for 52 yards, but you know, felt like it was a pretty dominant win for them overall. I, that Josh Allen 52 yard touchdown was crazy. Yeah, that man, once he gets moving, he goes fast, and I wouldn't want to get in his way either. Yeah, good luck. Um like train coming the, through. I know, he's, he's a big boy. On the other side of the ball, um, surprisingly, Mason Rudolph had more passing yards than Josh Allen. I know that that was on nine more attempts, but did happen. Um, did throw an interception, two touchdowns. But... You know, where's the future of the Steelers? Um, Tomlin looked pretty frustrated and walked out of the interview and they asked him about his future. I think he has one more year left on his contract. Um, they, uh, they still have George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and Pat Fryermuth, So they have enough weapons to bring somebody in and probably make the offense spark a little. Najee Harris was, ran for... 3.1 yards per carry in the playoffs. Um, not somebody that you'd want to continue to build on, but I don't know. A lot of holes, a lot of questions. Um, do you have any speculations? Uh, my only thing here, well, I guess there's two things. Um, one being that um, 
Mason Rudolph obviously is not going to be the quarterback. And no, two <laughs> and two is that Mike Tomlin um apparently said to the players that he'll be back next season. So Oh yeah. Give, yeah. So given that, um I mean you'd expect them to try to continue building. I don't I don't think that they lost everything by drafting Kenny Pickett because they didn't waste a top five pick. Um mm-hmm. so I think I think they'll be just fine. I mean, Tomlin has obviously proved he can be consistent. Um, and with Ben Roethlisberger, he was good. So it kind of feels like they just need that good quarterback to put them over the top. Um, obviously, they have some holes to fill, like a lot of these teams that we're talking about losing their games. With some holes on defense, some holes on the offensive line. It really seems like all the teams that in this playoff are teams with a ton of skill players. And then also, the good teams are ones with defense and an offensive line. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. So I think Pittsburgh has, you know, they have all the skill players that they need. Um, maybe Najee Harris think- isn't the best running back in the world, but he does just fine. He's okay. Um, I don't think that's the first place that you're going to you know, look to replace. I think you have to figure out what you're doing at quarterback um, before you can really think about anything else. Yeah. Um so they'll be drafting where around what would it be like 22 or 23? Let me check. Thought a little earlier than that. Maybe 20. They're the worst. They're the worst team in the playoffs. I know the Rams were. Um 20, yeah. So I don't know how far back does Penix drop? Penix is currently mocked to go at 11. Okay. But, you know, he could fall there. I can see it happening. Yeah. I think that would be a really good fit for him. Bo Nix, Penix, or JJ. We're riding out this narrative that Bo Nix is going to Seattle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Bo Nix to Seattle, and then we'll figure out the rest of it. I think J.J. McCarthy is a stealer. I can see that as well, and I can see it being the exact same thing as having Kenny Pickett. I think he's a little better than Kenny Pickett. Um, I kind of see some Jimmy G in him. I don't know how tall Kenny Pickett is, but I feel like he's not 6'3", um, which could help them, maybe. Seems like he has small hands. He does have small hands. That's a that's a true thing. I remember that when he was coming out of the draft. Because when's the last time we saw like a very successful quarterback throw with gloves on? Peyton Manning when he couldn't throw anything but a wounded duck. <laughs> um, it's like, I don't I don't know that for you off the top of my head, but that does feel like a good analysis. <laughs> I think they just need some consistency at that position. And I think Kirk JJ Cousins could provide it. I think Kirk Cousins stays with the Vikings. I don't think there's any point in even thinking about it. I agree. Um, Justin Fields. I've been saying Justin Fields for a while. I think Justin Fields is their best fit. You know, if you trade 
Would you trade the 20th pick in the draft for Justin Fields? If I was the Patriots? No, or if, the you Steelers? The, if you're the Steelers. Okay, if I was the Steelers. You kind of have a great defense already. You have weapons, so you don't need to bring any of those in. You're, the only issue is your running back is like kind of awful. But does it matter when you still have Jalen Moore in there? Do you, will you still have Jalen Moore in there? Um, That's so tough. I would trade that pick. Would you rather have J.J. McCarthy or Justin Fields? Oh, I would rather have Justin Fields. So if you're thinking about drafting J.J. McCarthy, why wouldn't you just trade it for Justin Fields? Contract. Well, if Justin Fields isn't going to be their quarterback next year, then why would I want him to be mine? You know, like if he wasn't good enough as a second overall pick or whatever he was, like why why would I want that? Twelve or eleven? Um, I don't know. You might have a better ability to develop quarterbacks. You're not putting as much stock in it. I think there's a few reasons. I just don't think it's the solution. Probably I, not, but I think are you, you going to find the solution? I don't know, and I I think that Justin Fields, maybe short-term, would be a good answer, but if we're talking short-term, why would I want to trade a first? Like, I don't know. I, I could see them being like, okay, we'll give you a pair of seconds and a pair of thirds. Like, why not? But I, I don't know. First-round pick is like, you know, that that's that's going to build the foundation of the team for the future. So okay. you want, you want to be able to point. use that on something that's going to be long-term. And I don't, I don't see Justin Fields being a long-term answer. Okay. Justin Fields is still going to be a Steeler next year. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, who the fuck knows? It's so hard right now to try to predict anything. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's the fun of it. We need that first pick to settle out, whether it gets traded or they say they're drafting Caleb and trade Justin Fields. We need that to happen, and then everything else will kind of fall into place. Yeah, this is going to be a huge draft. I think think the league's at like a tipping point where all the teams that used to be garbage are now all about to be really good. I don't know about all of them. Well, not all of them, but... You most know, of them. Actually, looking at them, most of them. Are the Titans one of the worst teams in the league next year? Yes. Without a doubt. Yeah, I think looking at the rosters, it's like them and the Saints I see as some of the least improved or least improvable. Yeah, because the Saints are in cap hell. Okay. Want to jump over to the last game? Yes, sir. Um, so last night we watched the Philly Stinker. Um, Tampa Bay won 32-9. Um, I don't know what to say. I am confused as a sports fan. Philly was so good early, um, even though they had that questionable loss to uh, the Jets, which I think we can all point to now. Um but, you know, they, they beat some good teams this year, and then all of a sudden they couldn't beat anybody. So it was very confusing. Um, 
obviously they didn't have AJ Brown this game. I don't know if it would have made too much of a difference, but I don't know. Baker looked good. Baker is good. Um, yeah, three touchdowns, 337 yards from Baker. I don't know, you know, this game kind of ran through Kate Otten, but doesn't feel like it was the Eagles offense that cost them the game. It, their defense was just atrocious. Um, Devonta Smith had a really good game with 148 yards on eight receptions. As we talked about, he is a wide receiver one confirmed. Um, but their defense was just terrible. They had you know, a few sacks, but were not able to turn the ball over as far as I remember. Um, and then their tackling was abysmal. Yeah, and Jalen Hurts also got sacked three times, and they were all in key spots, including, um, I guess you could include an intentional grounding that became a safety too. It was going to be a sack. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. He just kept getting sacked when you can't get sacked. And I think that's honestly a problem on his end. Um, you know, your offensive line hasn't been awesome in pass protection for you. They've been number one overall ranked offensive line, but he has to get outside of the pocket. That's part of who he is as a quarterback. That's part of the future of the NFL. That's part of all these teams that are good right now. Um, there's not a single team left except for the 49ers that has a quarterback that just sits in the pocket. Mm-hmm. It's important. Jalen he, needs, he needs to was, get out. Yeah. He's playing a little bit scared. Um, whether that be the injury or him just needing a little bit of a reset, it kind of felt like they were going to lose this game almost no matter what happened because the Eagles need such a reset. I think they need to take the off season just to gather themselves. Jason Kelsey retires. Um, so we talked about, you know, what happens if they lose. It feels like their window's kind of slamming shut or was already shut um, after last year. But I think if they take some time with Jalen Hurts and try to, you know, fix him and then maybe bring in somebody else besides Matt Patricia to be the defensive coordinator, they could <laughs> probably be way better on defense. Yeah, it seems like they have a lot of talent on that side of the ball, but they can't put it together. Um, they Which is just a coaching issue. Yeah, and I think um, they have some holes to fill, like, uh, what is it, free safety um, corner, and they need to add a linebacker. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, this team has the pieces to be successful. Um, their holes are very small. It's not like a lot of these other teams where you're like, oh, their O-line stinks. Oh, they're entire defense stinks it's like no they have some young studs on defense they have arguably like the next Aaron Donald um so I don't know it's confusing because this team should be good and I don't I don't know what to think other than yeah it's a coaching problem and Sirianni has to be gone yeah Sirianni has to be gone um you think we could see Harbaugh I know Belichick is probably not going to go to the Eagles because I think he hates the Eagles. I think Harbaugh might come in. That's an interesting one. Um, I haven't even thought about that. Um, I could, I guess, I could see Harbaugh doing it. Um, but I don't know. It's interesting. 
because would he be the solution? I kind of feel like Harbaugh would maybe want more credit if, you know, the team won a, a Super Bowl. Like with the, you know, Michigan, Michigan and Harbaugh are probably you know, like the same thing as we talk about them. Yeah. Um, it feels like there's some ego involved in the decision for wherever he's going next year. I think he might go to like the Chargers or something because of that. But if he doesn't have that ego involved, could be an Eagles play. Yeah, I think that you make a good point about probably having some ego in it because it's always been like, oh, the world's against me, that kind of thing. So, yep. Yeah, you make a good point there. Um, I think they need to bring in an offensive minded coach and also just like, you know, wash their coordinators. Um, there's plenty of guys out there right now. There's so many guys out there that are worthy of an opportunity to be your head coach, worthy of the opportunity to be offensive coordinator, that you can't settle for another season of mediocrity. It has to be all in. I would not risk it. Yeah, but it's a risk changing him. So it's a tough decision. What's the worst case scenario? Then we're talking about... Well, yeah, but then then we're talking about Jalen Hurts with his third head coach. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think, I think that's they something just we haven't the thought about. Off. Yeah. So I don't know. They definitely could add some pieces, especially if they're going to be drafting a little bit higher now. Um, mm-hmm. Could help. We'll see. Um, it seems like they found the guy 22. who falls every year. Yeah, but it seems like they find the guy who falls into that pocket. Yeah, they do. So. But- We'll see. Tough future for the Eagles and the Cowboys. NFC East, uh, good regular season division. Probably going to get better, you know, depending on what Washington does. But struggling in the playoffs recently. Yeah, and the field goals do, or the Eagles do have a bright future. Um, Kind of. I think they do. Uh, They got the pieces. As long as they can keep AJ Brown happy and rebuild the offensive line and make sure that these young guys on the defense develop, probably bring in a couple other guys, but then we're starting to talk about cap hill because of Jalen hurts. Yep. That's kind of what I'm thinking. So because questionable. And then AJ Brown could go diva again and request a trade or you know, if, if AJ Brown Nick Sirianni gets fired. You could kind of make the case that AJ Brown costs Mike Vrabel, uh, Tennessee GM, and Nick Sirianni all their jobs. What if Vrabel came in was the head coach? I kind of love that. I do Defensive too. minded. Oh, that's a good take. I think Vrabel could. I think that would be a perfect fit. Yeah, you're, me st- too. you're still a getting raw raw guy, but also yeah. defensive minded. Yeah, it's exactly what I was just going to say. Seems like he could kind of fit that like Philly mentality, but at the same time, he was a Patriots guy. He doesn't like the Eagles. Maybe. but I'm sure we'll find out, you know, within the next few weeks here, at least I hope. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I hope they start hiring coaches immediately after the Super Bowl ends, so. 
I mean, we should we should get a couple sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, Did I see Belichick interviewed with the Falcons. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I think that's probably where he's going to end up, but I hope yeah, not. I would love that. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I'm biased, but I, he should probably, honestly, he should probably go to Dallas. Um, Bill Belichick, whenever he appears on TV, it's like he's on Fox. So the Cowboys are always on Fox. So I think that's mm-hmm. kind of like perfect situation for him. Um, especially with a team that can already get him wins. He just needs to fine tune it. Right. Um, someone, someone mentioned this and I, I was watching it myself is Devin McCourty on, on TV was talking about that game. And he said a Belichick led team would never come out into a game like that, which is true. Probably not. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that would kind of be an answer, you know? I mean, McCarthy has been able to get the offense going, get the defense, get like get turnovers, get points. Like he's good at all that. And I'm not saying he's a bad head coach. I just don't think that this is the right situation for him. Um, I think Bill Belichick could answer a lot of the questions that the Cowboys have about their franchise and what's going on because they don't really have any holes. No, they don't. Their hole is kind of just coaching. Yeah, it it feels like that has to be the only thing. Has to be the only thing. No way Mike McCarthy stays. No, he's done. Jerry Jones is going to die too soon. (laughs) um but one thing i was talking about with a friend was actually um baker mayfield is probably the perfect quarterback um to have because he's honestly looked pretty good and he he doesn't cost too much so it's kind of the perfect situation if you could get him on like a five-year hundred million dollar contract like that's perfect you're not paying him anywhere near 50 million and you can actually afford to sign other people and you can build around that. Yeah. That's the question. Would you rather risk it on a rookie or have somebody like Baker? Um, Well, I think now they have to go Baker because their pick is going to be later. Yeah. But they made the playoffs. So, and they won a game. Yeah. It's I don't think they're going to move off quarterback. No. He'll be there again next season. I mean, they're going to get him at a discount. And honestly, it's kind of a perfect situation. I could see the Bucks still being very good next year. Like, I guess they're technically not very good right now, but they're good. But I could mm-hmm. see them being very good. It depends on what they do with the receivers and because I think Mike Evans might not be back, but it really depends on if they want to do that or not. Mike Evans dropped a couple balls last night. Mm-hmm. I had a uh, prop bet on him to get, I think, over 67 yards, which I was like, that's low. And then I had him getting a touchdown, and Baker threw a ball down the field to him. There would have been a 50-yard touchdown, and he dropped it. Oh, no. <laughs> that's brutal. 
So we'll just see Chris Godwin get involved. And Kate Otten is. I like solid. Kate Otten. He's solid. I don't know if he's going to have consistency until you know next year or even later, or ever. Honestly, yeah. He's I think bad. once in a while he'll have a good game. Sir. Um. Otherwise, Rashad White's still a volume monster. Um. He didn't really have um any real catches this week, but. 18 carries, 72 yards, that's that's solid. Yeah, definitely. Uh, probably wide receiver, or running back one next year, too. Really? He's been super solid. I mean, he was top 12 this year, was he not? Yeah, but you think he's going to be the number one overall running back? No, I meant, like, inside top 12. Okay. Yeah, not number one overall. Okay, I got you. But yeah, I could see that. It's being better the than case. you expected. Yeah, and the volume will be there again. Yeah, it will be. Okay. Todd Bowles doesn't really change what he does. He just he just keeps doing it. Mm-hmm. It's working. Yeah. Well, I think that's all we got, buddy. Yeah, it was a good episode. Should call it here. Yeah, football's cool. Football's cool. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DataBlitz underscore XYZ. Um, check out the Madden Rebuild series I'm doing over on YouTube for a rebuild of the Patriots. I got Marvin Harrison Jr. and Caleb Williams after the first season, so that's pretty busted. Um, and then don't forget to you know follow so that you can get notified whenever we drop these podcasts and keep your eye out for the betting episode on Friday. And the DFS preview of the division. This is the divisional round, right? Yes. Oh. Is that what it's called? Yes. The names always mess me up. Yeah. The uh, DFS and betting previews of the divisional round will be out on Thursday and Friday. So tune in for those. Thanks for joining us. I think we're due to hit a bet too. Oh, yeah? Parlay time? Maybe. I already got one. <laughs> don't don't spoil it. We gotta save some content. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, right. everyone.